welcome to In My Mug episode 283 on Monday the 14th of April 2014. I am your host Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Mug and welcome back the news. So first of all, wow, thank you to all the people that came to the In My Mug live. Uh, lots of you who watch were there, standing room only, like it was mental, um, and you all nearly made me cry. It will be episode 300, um, and uh, we won't be showing it until we get the coffee in, so uh, you know what's coming there, but I'm really, really grateful, so thank you. Um, new gift cards. We have some amazing gift cards. Uh, I love them, I'm sure you will. We have them for my mug subscriptions, we also have them for... Um, uh, for, you know, gifts. They're really smart. Uh, lots of work done by Chris on those, so thank you very much, Chris. You did an awesome job. And the Tanzanians are here. We have some natural Tanzanians that are going to be going on over the weekend and will be in my mug next week. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to sharing those with you. And congratulations to Dale, our resident barista. Is this no, it's Roland, it's not Dale, but Roland Dapfrock. Uh, D Dale uh, came second in the UK Barista Championships. He's always our champion in our hearts. He did us so proud. Did has been really proud. Um, he was amazing. Um, I came fifth in the Brewers' Cup um, with an exploding soda stream and didn't do very well in the Ibrick at all. So, mm, yeah, maybe competition's not for me. But we had lots of fun at London Coffee Festival. Thank you to everybody who came up and said hi to me. Um, I know a few of the viewers uh, were uh, came up and, and said hello, and it was lovely to meet you all. And that was the news. So now we should go to focus on. And for focus on this week, I'm going to show you a video. Hello, and welcome to the second in the coffee processing videos we have done. And today we're going to be looking at natural, or sometimes called dry processed coffee. Cherries are picked from the trees and cleaned. They are cleaned so the producer can separate the unripe, overripe and damaged cherries and remove dirt, soil, twigs and leaves. This is often done by hand using a large sieve. Any unwanted cherries are picked out from the top of the sieve. The coffee cherries are spread out in the sun, either on large concrete or brick patios or on matting raised to waist height on trestles called Indian raised beds. As the cherries dry, they are raked or turned by hand to ensure even drying and prevent mildew. This can have a big effect on the final taste in the cup and stops an over-fermentation of flavours. It may take up to four weeks before the cherries are dried to the optimum moisture content, depending on the weather conditions. On larger plantations, machine drying is sometimes used to speed up the process after the coffee has been pre-dried in the sun for a few days, although this is rare. The drying operation is the most important stage of the process since it affects the final quality of the green coffee. A coffee that has been overdried will become brittle and produce too many broken beans during hulling. Broken beans are considered to be defective beans. Coffee that has not been dried sufficiently will be too moist and prone to rapid deterioration caused from attack of fungi or bacteria. The dried cherries are then sent to the mill. This is sometimes done on the farms where hulling, sorting, grading and bagging can take place. All the outer layers of the dried cherry is removed in one step by the hulling machine. The dry method is used for about 90% of Arabica coffee produced in Brazil and most of the coffees produced in Ethiopia and Indonesia. Almost all Robustas are processed by this method. 
It is not practical in very rainy regions where the humidity of the atmosphere is too wet or where it rains frequently during the harvesting. And that's it, naturally processed coffee. That's a nice way of doing focus on, isn't it? Showing you something really interesting like natural processing. But it makes you understand when I'm talking about natural, what I mean by that. So we should talk about the coffee. And this is a farm we supported for the seventh year this year. And it's a farm I'm very proud to have worked with ever since it began producing. Um, the owner, Stephen, is a really, really good friend of mine. Um, we, we share many beers and good times together. And we're actually gonna visit the farm in June together as well. Um, and then we're gonna go on and watch England against Costa Rica. Have I mentioned that in, in my mug at all? Um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, uh, amazing opportunity to go and see a World Cup game in Brazil, but uh, I'm gonna be there. So the story starts where Stephen had always had in his mind he wanted to buy a farm. Uh, and when this small farm just outside Pocos de Caldos came up, um, he got very interested and he went and took a look. The farm's name at that time was called Fazenda Toca de Onca, which means hiding place of the small wildcats. And apparently there are some small wildcats um, that live on the farm and they've been seen quite a lot. Uh, but the locals decided to nickname it Inglaterra uh, because of Stephen's involvement. Um, the previous owners had pretty much abandoned the farm, so um, Stephen had to start from scratch. Uh, some of the trees that survived were cut back, pruned, uh, and for regrowth. Um, and actually, this coffee that you're drinking is from the original old trees that they cut back. So these trees are around about 30 years old. Um, and yeah, it's an unusual varietal. The varietals on the farm are Ikatu, uh, this one Akaya, uh, Katayi, and uh, Canario, which is the, the Bourbon mutation that we buy. Um, as I said, the farm's located near to the town of Pocas de Caldos in the growing heartlands of Brazil's Minas Gerais state. Uh, farm has uh, altitude of 1,300 meters, um, and he's on the edge of this kind of super volcano. And, and on the map bit, I'm gonna try and show you the images uh, of that. 50% um, of the farm is coffee, 50% of the farm is forest, and it's actually forest that is grown for uh, eucalyptus for farming and is cut and then replaced. So it's a producing farm even for the forest uh, forest stuff. Um, the Achaia is a super rare varietal, and I must, I must admit I didn't know lots about it until we bought from this farm. I, I'd seen it a couple of times in Cup of Excellence, um, but never really kind of come across it much in, in, in normal coffee. So when we did get this originally, I did a little bit of research on it uh, and found out that it's a hybrid of the Munda Novo plant, um, mainly found in Brazil, loves altitudes above 800 meters, not much more than 1500 meters. Uh, it's a very large cherry in size um, and just not really seen outside of Brazil. It seems to have adapted to the climate, the um, conditions, uh, the pest and, 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 and um, disease issues that all countries have, seems to have just really settled in well there. And it is a delicious coffee. Um, there is a downside to delicious coffee, as always, and it is super low yielding and super, like, as I say about pests and disease, like, yes, it's okay, but it's, you know, it's still not, not great. Um, it, it is incredibly rare. I'm very, feel very blessed to have this coffee. Um, and particularly as we are able to buy all of it from the farm and always have, that's kind of nice that for as long as it's been Inglaterra, for as long as it's been Stevens, it's been ours too. And I do feel like we've had a little bit of a project going on with this. I will be doing some filming when I'm out in Brazil and uh, I, I dare say I'll share that with you uh, as we go on. Um, this coffee is super different to the Canario. Um, because it shares the kind of signature through it, um, but obviously this is a natural, but also 
it, it's, it, it, is, it is a different coffee. This is a natural, not like normal natural. So there ain't no funk going on here. There ain't no James Brown in the room. It's one of the gentlest naturals I've tasted in quite a while. Um, it doesn't have those big fermented fruit flavors. It still has the familiar Brazilian sweet chocolate, but it just has a little bit of a, uh, a like a sultana. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get into the tasting because uh, yeah, it, it really is a special coffee. I, I'm kind of glad that we've got round to sharing this because it's probably one of the last forays into Brazil that we have for a while. So the farm is called Fazenda Inglaterra. Um, it comes from uh, Stephen Hurst, who is the producer, uh, near to the city of Pocas de Caldos in the state of Minas Gerais. Uh, in Brazil. The farm is 10 hectares of which 5 hectares is for coffee growing, 5 hectares is forest. There's an altitude of 800 to 1300 metres, is the Acaia varietal um, and is a naturally processed coffee. So now it is time for Roland's daft fact of the week and I've got a feeling that Roland's fact won't be daft. The Pocos de Caldas was found in 1872 and is famous for its healing hot waters and its disused monorail. Monorail, monorail, monorail. Mmm, monorail. I can't help but think of The Simpsons whenever I think of monorails. And it, this monorail is weird. It just disused, hasn't been used for years, just sits there. Anyway, we should go and do the map bit. Brazil. Brazil is somewhere I like very much, so let's get up, up, up and away and let's go and see Brazil. Uh, so let's get up and see good old Blighty. There she is twinkling away and we're going to go across the ocean we're going to go across the atlantic and to south america now we're going to go to brazil this time um so instead of colombia last week we're going to go to brazil brazil is huge i think brazil should be its own continent it's so so big uh, and produces so much coffee um and there are around 2,500 airports in Brazil. That gives you a rough idea of how huge a country it is. Um, and lots of little light planes as well that are very scary because I've been on them. And here's the place I've also been, Pocas de Caldos. Probably my favourite place in Brazil. It is an amazing town. Do you know it has a monorail but doesn't work and hasn't worked for years? It reminds me of the Simpsons when they had the monorail there. But here we have Inglaterra. And you can see the road that runs down here. This is the main road, and it is so close to the road. It really butts up against it. Um, so there's the town of Pocos de Caldos, and in the distance is Cachoeira. And here we can get an idea of this topography. So look at this. I've got crazy with the camera angles. Whizzing round. And we're going to whiz through. Now, the, day, the satellites were looking at Brazil. We were very lucky. Um, but here we say, you can see Brazil's 47% uh, of South America. It should be its own continent. It's massive. Um, but look at this. So as we whiz round, you can see the coffee trees. There they are. That is the coffee trees. That is Inglaterra. Um, the trees that you can see in the background are eucalyptus trees that Stephen's planted um, as an alternate crop. And he's harvesting those trees as well. It's just such a cool, cool farm. And it's a cool, cool map bit. I like it when map bits are so, so good like that. And that is such a good map bit. It really, really is. Um, okay, all that is left to do is to whap you on pause while I go get tasty and delicious Brazil for sender, Inglaterra, Akea, Natural. 
Okay, so I'm back. I'm going to dive straight into the espresso. And what the espresso really reminds me of is just like super high cocoa content chocolate. So, you know, like the 70, 80% stuff like dark chocolate with a little bit of like a dried fruit thing going on. Delicious espresso. Very delicious espresso. So into the milk. Now, this has the power to cut through, but the subtlety to still taste delicious. Um, it comes through the milk really well. It's, it's, it's there, but it's, it's not overpowering. It's not a caricature of coffee. Um, lovely dark chocolate tones in the main thing you get with the milk. So let's get into the brews. Thanks for the noise! Mm. Yeah, so I'm into the brood. They love making noise downstairs when I'm recording this. Um, this is where I think you get more plums and you get a little bit of a shoulder of funk, but it's so delicately funked. Like, it really is not your James Brown at all. It's a... Uh, well, I don't even know what it is. It's like a pop version of funk, but um, it's delicious. It's really good coffee. It's coffee I'm really proud of. You need to wait for the videos for next year because I will be doing lots while I'm out there. Uh, I'm really looking forward to my week with Stephen. So, time to wrap up anyway. Um, short and sweet, hopefully, this week. Um, thank you for joining me, as always. And do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee, and this is delish. I don't like the word delish.